Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You want to know what the best email marketing service is for your small business? Well, I've got the team for you. Emailtooltester.com is the place to find reviews and tutorials of newsletter services like ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, GetResponse, and many more. Download their free comparison spreadsheet that will help you find the best email marketing service among many providers. Just Google Email Tool Tester Comparison Template to find it. Again, just Google it. Email Tool Tester Comparison Template to find it. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. This episode's part of a series I recorded at the Adobe Summit in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Alan Shulman. I'm the Managing Director and Chief Creative Officer of Deloitte Digital in the U.S. Well, welcome to Marketing Today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so one of the things I'm curious about is what are the types of solutions that you're driving for marketers in your current role at Deloitte Digital? So they vary greatly because unlike most agencies, our offering tends to be much wider in that we help marketers envision new products and services may not be in their portfolios right now. A lot of our clients don't necessarily have an advertising problem or a marketing problem. Some of them have a product problem. 
meaning they need to get new products and services out there in the market. So a lot of times what they do is come to our customer strategy and applied design offering, and we very much are involved in helping them envision new products and services through that. We then move that over to once there is an idea there that they may want to create digitally, we then move to our design and build function, which is largely our, our DX studios, our digital customer area, which has a lot of creatives and a lot of studios associated with it around the country, where we will actually design and build and prototype proof of concept for new digital products and services. And then we go tell the world about it, which is Heat, <laughs> our advertising right. offering, which is an agency that you know we're very behind and that is a um, very creative agency based in San Francisco, Chicago, and New York. So very much involved with them in terms of telling the world and doing brand campaigns and campaigns for to help our clients get their message out there. And the last piece of it is very much a heavy focus on e-commerce and data and the role of data in marketing, which is really a, a, an offering we call Hux, which is you know, a, a new offering around uh, how you take control of own your data, how you own the decisioning around that data, and then how you own the delivery of that data. So those are all of the areas. That, Pretty broad. That, that yeah. it, it is broad. <laughs> yeah. It is broad. It is um, a lot. It's more than the average scope of what you'd hire an agency to do comms or campaigns for. Right, right, right. right. Well, interesting. And so describe for me and, and listeners a little bit the relationship between Deloitte the consulting advisory firm right. and Deloitte Digital. Because from an outside looking in, I, right. I don't quite understand. So uh, Deloitte Consulting, uh, Deloitte Digital is the performance marketing group that sits under Deloitte Consulting and activates on the strategies that Deloitte Consulting puts out there for clients that can be mostly marketing strategies or business strategies. And then we then take those strategies and we execute on them, right? So that's a very simple way of saying right. the difference between the two. I would say the other way that we talk about it is how you run marketing, how you run your marketing organization, how you run op marketing operations, right? How you, what tools and processes and technologies you use to run marketing, that's Deloitte Consulting. How you engage your customer, that's Deloitte Digital. So if you think of an iceberg, the part below the law of the waterline, that's usually much larger than the part sticking up, right? Right. right. That's how you, how you run marketing. That's organization, workflows, processes, and technologies. Mm. And then above the line is how do you engage the customer? And that's where Deloitte Digital sits sort of, you know, at the customer engagement level, Deloitte consulting more in how you run marketing. Right. And I think these days it's very hard to separate those two things, yeah. right? Yeah. Particularly in the age of personalization and cognitive web, mm -hmm. you can't engage the customer without having a real appreciation for or particularly a, a, a global marketer, right. how you how your marketing organization looks, mm -hmm. how your workflows and processes look, and then right. what technologies like Adobe right. <laughs> are you using right. to run marketing, right? right, right. So I, I think it's very hard to separate, which is why your question yeah. is so germane. Yeah. We get it asked all the time. Right. What's the difference? <laughs> and we say, we're the at Deloitte Digital, we, we engage the customer, right? Yeah. And then Deloitte Consulting is really more about the operations of marketing. Okay. Well, so you're kind of sitting in this, you, you are sitting in this digital role and you're seeing all of this data, IT, convergence of marketing. 
in that you've got the CMO and you've got the CIO, and I'm curious about collaborations that you've seen work. I've had on the podcast, actually, and I don't know that they're a client, and you don't need to divulge anything, but I've had CarMax on, their CMO uh-huh. and CIO, and yeah. they've got this great partnership yeah, that they talk no about. Yeah, no question. But I know that's not true everywhere. So, right. you know, can you describe just the nature of how you've seen CIOs and CMOs collaborate? Absolutely. So yeah. just what I was just mentioning, yeah. the way you run marketing mm-hmm. versus the way you engage the customer is really a team sport now. Right. It involves, what you've heard the acronym CMTO, right. sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? CMOs have to be up on technology. CIOs have to be up on marketing. Right. And that is a cross-collaborative effort, which in many enterprises and many clients which we work for, there are varying degrees of that collaboration that go on. The best ones are the ones where they are dedicated to understanding the customer, having a real relentless focus on who their customer is and how they want to serve that customer. And that means both physically as well as digitally, right? right? Because there are times when you want face-to-face contact, you don't want to kill a call center and replace it with a chat bot just because you can. Because inevitably, your customer experience, or what we call (laughs) your human experience at Deloitte, will suffer. So there are places where digital transformation has to be balanced with human relation. Right. Right. And those things have to work together. Otherwise, if, if you just lean too hard into the tech piece of it, and that's why CMO and CTO or CIO, that's why that partnership is so critical. There's one uh, insurer, right? A, bit, a major dental insurance company we work with currently. We're the, we're the chief marketing officer and the CTO. Very, very close partnership. And because of that partnership, we've been able to help them relaunch their digital, you know, sort of presence everywhere and do that with a very strong foundation of Adobe, you know, underneath it, but with very, very deliberate attention given to are they an existing member uh, right. and insured or are they a prospect? What are the ways that they can collaborate together to sort of model new right. pro- prospects and members? Yeah. And how can they better service their existing members, whether they're with large group or small group insured uh, client bases, right? So yeah. that's an example of where when those two come together, you can get a lot done. In most organizations, that can be hard. A lot of times the luxury of being Deloitte can consulting coming in is that we do have that trust and that credibility in the C-suite where we we always advise first and we make second. Right. So we would rather lose a making deal right. and be the, the long-term advisor because we've been, been in business a long time and is as creative as much as that sometimes breaks my yeah, heart right. to lose the making <laughs> deal. We, we, we advise first, right? right? right. That's we, we, we play the long game. Well, it, it, I would imagine it definitely helps with change management if you've got the buy-in at a senior level. You're exactly right. right. And change management is not easy. It's one of the things I can honestly say at Deloitte, we do really well is change management. You have to know that what the correct components of a change management program are to get an entire organization to move. Right. You need executive sponsorship. You need pilots. You need to stand up use cases. You need to stand up those things that people will look at and go, oh, this is how it works. Right. So this isn't that painful. Because as you know, we're humans and human behavior is we like to stay in our swim lane. Right? <laughs> right. And so if we're staying in our swim lane, we go, oh, that's not my problem. That's this other department's problem. Well, in today's world, to get marketing done at a really at a better level of personalization, we got to break those swim lanes down. And that's where change management's really important. Hmm. 
Well, you know, one of the biggest buzzwords right now in, in marketing and maybe in tech is AI. Some people believe in it. Some people have embraced it. Some people have actually done something with it. I'm curious yeah. if you can describe kind of how how you've seen it used well or yeah. how you've seen it used in a way that it's driving growth. Yeah, so AI is absolutely, I mean, there, look, like, like any new technology, there's always a, what I'll call a seduction period. Yes. Yeah. You know, everyone's seduced by it. it. It takes over the headlines like big data did a few right. years oh, ago. Of course. Right. And then, of course, everyone jumps on that. And so, and, you know, even a year ago, blockchain was sort of the thing on everybody's mind and yeah. took some time to get to some level set on what is blockchain really? What is it? So, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. So I think, and it's a lot of things, but the, the truth is with AI, I think there is no question but that AI is going to have a significant impact mm-hmm. on every industry sector as it relates to creative and content, which is the right. place I live. Yeah. It is going to have an absolute huge impact on the long tail of digital asset production mm-hmm. and creative production. The stuff that, you know, instead of adapting, resizing, relanguaging, all of those things that we used to have to have lots of people doing, not very fun tasks, AI is going to be able to come in and automate a lot of those tasks. And I think that's not only going to make content organizations more efficient, but it's going to make them more effective because then they can focus on the ideas. They can focus on the things that get your attention as a a marketer, that get consumers' attention and break through as opposed to the things that should be automated for efficiency's sake. So an example of that is a project that we did recently where we're actually taking creative assets that live in a, a dam, a digital mm-hmm. asset management right. system. Since we're here at Adobe, I can, yeah, I can right, exactly. use the acronyms of, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, Sensei, which is Adobe's yeah. AI product, goes into the dam, grabs assets out of the out of there, and populates templates from the Adobe Creative Cloud, right? So uh, what AI is going to be able to do is speed up our time-to-market content processes, right? Because campaign were these things that used to take real long waterfall times and lots of agencies doing them and taking their sweet time to get either a TV commercial made or uh, a bunch of banner ads made. You know, if it was on the digital side, I think now what we're seeing AI is going to enable us to do is collapse the time to market that it takes to get us from idea to market, right? And I think... That's the good piece of AI. Right. I think those people who think that it's going to replace all creatives or all humans, we're not there yet. I don't have a crystal ball and I don't right. consider myself a futurist, <laughs> but from what I've seen so far, it's not going to, it's not going to replace the, the craft skills we need in design and in copywriting that whose mission in marketing it is to intrigue you and to involve you in a piece of content. And then at that point, AI can come in and scale that. Right. But it's not a replacement for being in the idea business, which craftspeople still very much are. Right, right. And you're hitting on my next topic for you, which is the notion of where does creative fit in? to a world with AI. You've described it pretty well. That's right. We're still going to be at the, at the high variance ideation creation end, but the production and, and the scaling part is where AI is going to come in and take away a lot of the sort of menial tasks that used to be about, Oh my God, we got a tag. We have to do 30 versions of tags on the end of these automotive commercials for every 
dealer, right? right? Or we have to do this many versions of a banner with this, these different offers, multivariate offers. All that stuff's going to be able to be automated, and that's good because it'll just mean that we can get more content out there faster mm. and get to market faster and hopefully generate results for our clients faster. Well, one of the things I did notice, and we were talking about it just before I hit record today, is that you've got a jazz background. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> so, I did. So tell us a little bit about your background in jazz. Yeah, so I, I'm a jazz guitarist. I have a master's degree in jazz arranging and composition from Howard University in Washington, D.C. I've been a jazz guitar player. I sort of grew up with these two ski poles. I wrote ads by day, and I played jazz by night. <laughs> uh, so those are the two ski poles I sort of ran my life on. You sort of ads by day and jazz by day. And what's interesting is they have some similarities. I mean, copywriting of advertising is, you know, sort of the act of ideation and creation is being spontaneously creative right. uh, in real time. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah. And creating, taking a solo with a jazz group on a bandstand is also creating in real time. Right. And you have to be original, as original as you can be to demand the audience's attention. So those are the similarities. I think that what I have learned to apply to my day job from jazz is to create teams where that spontaneous collaboration can happen. Right. And that everybody might play a different instrument, right? There might be a strategist, there might be a, a designer, a coder, a, a copy copywriter, all those people have different craft skills or different instruments, if you will. Right. But then if you get them together in a war room and, you, and they get collaborating together, magic can happen. Right. And that's the challenge on the creative you know, management side of putting teams together, not just the people with craft skills or what we used to call creatives, right. but just teams of people who can collaborate and come up with, whether it's new products and services, right. design and build prototypes, create ad campaigns, or you know, do experiential types of things in digital right. that are could be AR, VR, whatever, you know, that we're doing all that, those kinds of things at Deloitte Digital. Well, what makes a good, uh, in your, in your mind, you know, a good jazz ensemble or a good right. team? Is there, is there elements that you can, I mean, jazz just seems so magical at some level to right. me as a, not a yeah. jazz musician. How do you make the magic So you have to know the language, right? You have to know the chord changes and you have to understand the form. Just like over in, uh, uh, when we collaborate, let's say we're designing a website or doing something like that, the quality of the product depends on it being a team sport, not, okay, I'm going to design this. Now I'm going to hand it off to you, the copywriter, to fill in lorem ipsum, which is the <laughs> right. Greek type, right. right? Then I'm going to hand it off to the coding people to code 
decode it and put it up on a staging server. That's what we call kick the can down the road. <laughs> that doesn't work. Right. And I think the magic of what happens on the jazz band stand is everybody's listening. Everybody gets their chance to be an individual and to solo. Right. But then when it's your solo's done, it's somebody your turn to try to prop up the next soloist and be listening all the time to what the other person has to say. That discipline in jazz applied to what we do in building digital experiences is very, very relevant. And I found it's been a really tremendous help to me in terms of how the best teams that are creating digital experiences work out. And casting is what that's about. Right. When you're in a managerial position like I am, it's like, who are the right players mm -hmm. to put on this team that we're, that are going to make the music, right? right? right. And that's a, that <laughs> casting is really, really important, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. complementary skills that can collaborate together. So that's why we always look out for multiple. We don't want you, you at Deloitte to be just one, do one thing well. We're looking for your craft skill, your core craft skill, whether that's a writer, designer, coder, you know, what strategist, whatever your core stem of your T is, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> As they say, <laughs> whatever your core craft is, we're looking for good presentation skills. We're looking for good right. conceptual skills. You can you concept well. We're looking for collaboration skills. Do you collaborate well with others? And then we also look for obviously diversity, really important. Yeah. We're, we're looking for diverse skills and we're looking for also the ability to innovate. So if you've got a pet you know, if AI is your right. thing or 3D is your thing right. or AR or VR is your thing, we want to create the space for you to go try to create and innovate in that space mm -hmm. as opposed to pigeonholing you into one type of industry sector or one type of project. Okay. And that's how we try to, you know, our studio offerings are sort of designed to allow people to grow through those different mm -hmm. things based on what they're interested in. Interesting. Well, what's, what's top of mind for you right now? Maybe as a leader or as a marketer? creative anything come to mind like topics that you're really yeah i mean i i, I think right now it's that we're no longer in that interruptive model mm -hmm. of uh, communications interrupting you to to give you a message brought to you by a brand right i think now it's not about share of voice or share of mind but it's about share of culture mm -hmm. and share of conversation and what I'm really excited about is we recently acquired some AI on the inside side that looks at predictive conversations and looks at what conversations are happening out there in the world. Right. And we're using that AI to tell us what topics will be trending in the next 24 hours, the next 72 hours, as much as three to seven days out. Mm. So we're looking at that intelligence saying, OK, if this is where the conversation is moving in the next seven days, we should create content there. <laughs> right? right? For our brands, where it's a natural fit. You don't want to force a brand right, right, into a right. conversation because then you're just creating noise. Right. But I think where we look for is those organic conversations that are happening mm. out there where a brand has a natural fit. And that's where we want to create content. And what excites me is we're setting up what we call content at the speed of culture, right? We're setting up the ability to look, see where the conversation's moving get ideas down, rapidly create video, rapidly be able to get out there um, with posts right. and, and with other forms of comms that can help our clients be part of that conversation while it's alive. <laughs> and what we're seeing is some really interesting results yeah. that's that's goosing client results from a KPI perspective. Now that we're sort of thinking more about share of culture and share of conversation than share of voice or share of mind, which I think is the old right. model of advertising. Interesting. Well, What's the best, kind of switching gears a little bit, what's the best piece of advice you've received? 
could be in life, could be in career, ah. anything. <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> I, I think my grandfather's asked me, I said, you know, Alan, there's really only three questions you have to ask her in life. What do you love? Mm. What are you good at? <laughs> and what do you want to give to the world? Oh, wow. He said, you won't know what you love until you're in your 30s because you won't have lived long enough to know what you love. Yeah. Uh, what are you good at is an answer that usually comes in your 40s because by the time you're in your 40s, you will have worked long enough to know what you're good at. Right. <laughs> and then what do you want to give to the world is usually something that you start to ask yourself in your 50s when you're thinking about what it is that you want to give to the world and leave behind. So those are, you know, sometimes the thing you love isn't the thing that you're good at. Right. Or sometimes the thing that you're good at isn't what you love. And a lot of times we, I've seen people and friends and others, you know, take jobs because they're good at them, but their heart really isn't in it or they don't love it. Or conversely, I've seen people chase what they love. Like, I love jazz. My father said at a young age to me, son, you'll never make a living playing jazz. So you better go get a degree in something <laughs> practical. And so that served me well because as I said before, I spent, I've spent most of my career, my, my days writing right. ads, my nights playing jazz. And, and both of those things have been sort of good pieces of advice for me. And I think those are uh, some of the anecdotal things from my past. That's that, great. That have been helpful. That's great. Well, we're bombarded by information these days. Is there any source of information that you look to, you go to, you frequent often? Yeah, you know, I, I have to be, admit, as an industry, I think we're far too, for, for an industry that purports to understand people and the world right. and what's going on with consumers, we're far too inward looking. And I think we, t we spend way too much time reading our own jargon. Mm. So for myself, I'm a big believer in behavioral economics. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Rory Sutherland, mm. um, and, and yeah, some of the yeah. other nudge oriented thinkers out there. So a lot of where my passion is in social psychology. And, and so I, I do a lot of reading around that. I just finished reading Tom Friedman's most recent book, Thank You for Being Late, <laughs> which sort of talks about three big major sort of shifts going on in the world, one around population growth, yeah. one around our environment. The third one, which is the most interesting to me, is the velocity of technology oh, wow. and how our ability as humans to learn and adapt is not keeping pace with the velocity of technology. And that means that's going to mean we're going to need new rapid learning skills and we're going to need to be more than just T-shaped individuals. Right. We're going to have to be lifelong learners yeah. as technology continues to grow. So whereas last year we were learning about blockchain and this year we're learning about AI, that stuff's just going to continue to accelerate. And the onus on us as professionals, we're never done learning. It's just like jazz. You're never done practicing. You're never done getting better. It's a lifelong endeavor. And I happen to think technology and the and this sort of the way that we connect with people is going to also be lifelong learning for the for those people in the future of marketing because it's going to be very much in a liquid state i think it's going to continue to morph and evolve right. as cognitive web you know yeah. sort of gets more sophisticated and more data comes online it's going to be a question of how to best use that data because data is like oil right. until you refine it it's just oil right, <laughs> right. you got to Find it first and get the yeah, insights right. out of it yeah, and yeah. sort of interpolate it, extrapolate right. it, then give it to us, the creatives, and tell us how to use it, mm. right? Tell us what the implications are of it. Because other than that, it's just sort of data for data's sake. And I, you know, people say uh, content is king. I say content.
context is king because data is only as good as the context it was gathered in, right? So we might have data from, you know, fresh data, three months old, but you don't really know what context that data was captured in. So that's why I'm really excited about what we're doing with our our predictive AI uh, on the front end of our Hux offering and what we're doing with being able to sort of look at conversations as a driver of how brands start to message in real time and get that sort of content at the speed of culture thing going. Well, last question, a little bit of a fun one. You can go any direction you want. Sure. One thing you love and one thing you hate or dislike strongly, if you don't hate One things. thing, I'm, I'm not really a hater. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so one thing you love then. Uh, one thing I love is my family. Uh, yeah, so okay. that's number one for me. I have four beautiful children. I'm blessed with four beautiful children and a, and a wife I adore who's way smarter than me. Uh, so that's the thing I love in addition to obviously guitar, yeah, uh, yeah, playing yeah. that for 35 years and uh, it's sort of a lifelong endeavor to, to play jazz. It is a, it's, it's sort of a life assignment. So those are, those are the sort of the big things that I love. Things that I'd love to see change yeah, in the world yeah, is yeah. I, I think we're just in a, in a really divisive place as a society right now. And I think the move towards populism and nationalism is very scary because I think that you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. And I think we're in a time right now where I think we need to sort of come together and be more inclusive of everybody as opposed to highlighting our differences with right. each other. And it, it concerns me concerns me more from uh, the future of my kids and the next generations than it does me personally. But I think it's scary to think about the world that they will live in if we continue down this road of us versus them. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned earlier the the pace of change, the the speed of that change, the velocity of that change, velocity of change. Nationalism and and the polarity of you know conversations don't help that. You know, that's right. It, it, that's right. It's a. Uh, it's more that's of a right. head, I mean, head you know, in the sand. As they say, <laughs> there, there's no, there's no cost to be nice, right? Right. Uh, nice. Uh, uh, treating someone nicely doesn't come at a cost. It's just something you choose to do, uh, which is be decent and do the right thing. And so I think, I think in you know what we're trying to say. Uh, about elevating the human experience now and we're trying to work with our clients on is to sort of come with a purpose, have a purpose for why you exist as a brand, have a point of view and 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 state that point of view and have a personality. If you have those three things, you'll never be a commodity, right? <laughs> right. And you'll never be sold at the lowest price. Right. So have a purpose, have a point of view and have a personality. And to the degree that we can help clients do that, employees will want to work for them. People will want to be loyal to them, buy their products and services. And I think that's where, you know, the way that businesses engage with people, I think digital's great, but it can get really impersonal. Right. So I think for us, it's finding that balance between all things digital and, you know, and the human side of that, which is, we don't want to forget that a lot of these technologies come and go. USB 2.0. I mean, yeah. I could, I can yeah, name yeah. a long list of things <laughs> that have sort of come along, you know, second right. life. I mean, we can, yeah, we yeah. can make a long list of things that have come and gone. Even the, the headphone but, yeah, jack but, on my but, iPhone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but human emotions yeah. haven't changed. Right. Right. The senses, our senses haven't changed. So um, hopefully we can, as businesses, we can engage with people as people. And, and digital's great. And it's great for efficiency. It's great for effectiveness. But I think it's about finding that balance and elevating the human experience and helping businesses do that how, how, however best we can. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I'd love it. Thank you for having me. Hi, it's Alan again. 
Marketing Today was created and produced by me, with writing and editing by Kevin Greeley, social media support by Megan Woods, art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners, and you can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.